0: Time for the WJR Sportsbook, You Bet. Now, here are your hosts Steve Courtney and Jamie Edmonds. Well, what do you know about that? Already a Monday night. Nice to have you with us. Right here on the WJR Sportsbook. I'm Steve Courtney.
1: Jamie Edmonds here. What's nice, up?
0: Nice to meet you. Uh, everything well? You have a nice week?
1: Things are good. It's daylight longer. We drive here it's daytime
0: how about that mm-hmm. and uh, we say goodbye to February today that's huh?
1: fine see ya
0: Ah, uh, it's been nice <laughs> uh, only 28 days and I've got a lot of family birthdays in February and with all due respect to that and of course uh, Black History Month not one of my favorite months at all because it's ugly gray it's cold gray yada 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 but you're so right uh, the days are getting
1: longer. Seasonal depression is a real thing, especially in great places like ours. Plus, March is March Madness Month.
0: And uh, that's what it's all about. And as we say in the business, James, nice segue to what we're going to start off with. It was just a crazy Weekend in college hoops, we begin with what you heard here Saturday afternoon on WJR. How about that Tyson Walker with the step back tie breaking three pointer with three seconds left, giving the Spartans a 68-65 win over number four, Purdue.
1: That felt like a March game to me. The buzzer beat. Well, with one second left. So fun.
0: Yeah, it was uh, just crazy how much Sparty needed that win. And nobody knew it more, of course, than Magnum TI Tom Izzo and the whole group as far as that goes. Look, they lost three straight, five of six. Um, We're approaching Izzo time, that being March. But they needed something to ignite this ball club. And knocking off the number four team in the land is certainly a step in the right direction.
1: Yeah, it's great for their resume heading into March. It's great for the morale of the team. It's great for Gabe Brown to have a great game because he's been struggling. You heard Tom Izzo talk about Gabe Brown, how happy he is for him. So a lot of good came out of that one game.
0: Yeah, I think uh, Gabe putting himself in a position to maybe press a little bit, uh, but he did turn in a great performance, 13 points in that win over Purdue. Uh, he was averaging 3.9 points, and he was held scoreless actually twice in the previous five games. And what was interesting, especially and talking to Tom about it this morning, um, when you're a shooter— and you're lacking confidence, nothing really turns that around than hitting a three on your opening possession.
1: Absolutely. That gets you going. And, um, yeah, Tom Izzo was just very positive about Gabe Brown, and it's great for the Spartans for him to have these shots falling when they need them.
0: Yeah, the uh, Boilermakers playing some ball before they got to the Breslin Center. They had one three straight and nine of ten overall. Tom Izzo saying, look, they are still the class of their league. And so now it is a very crazy stretch for the Spartans. They are now 19-9 overall, 10-7 in uh, conference play. Uh, by the way, just in case you're wondering, that win over Purdue, uh, still not in the AP, but the Spartans now tied for number 25 with Iowa in the coaches' poll. And it's right back to work tomorrow night. For the Spartans, they will be in A-squared, 8.30 tip, 7.30 pregame here on WJR against those Michigan basketball Wolverines. The ball club right now, 15-12 and 12 overall, 9-8 and 8 in conference, and they are, for the rest of the regular season, under the direction of Mr. Phil Martelli.
1: Yes, I went to the Phil Martelli press conference last week. He is clearly capable. He's been in the game for four decades. He can run this team while Jawan Howard sits out.
0: You know, he's uh, got a nice demeanor about himself. He does. And uh, he comes from St. Joe's in Philly, correct?
1: Yes, yes.
0: And he's got a wonderful reputation, and uh, he does nothing but praise Jawan Howard. You can tell he thinks the world of Jawan, and he's just kind of keeping the seat warm.
1: I mean, he started the press conference with, I am not Jawan Howard. I believe that's verbatim what he said. So I said, "Okay, well, how are you going to be different? And he said to me, I do not have the offensive mind that Jawan Howard has. (laughs) And then didn't really elaborate much more than that. But clearly they love he said it. The team loves Jawan Howard. He loves Jawan Howard. And Howard loves him back.
0: Well, uh, we'll see uh, because Michigan's got a tough stretch, as we'll discuss here in a minute. But uh, most recently, the Wolverines coming off that 93-85 loss. That was yesterday in Ann Arbor to uh, then number 15, Illinois. Kofi Coburn, just a beast, and Alfonso Plummer, they combined for 53 points. That was the downfall of this Wolverines team.
1: I mean, if they didn't get him on the inside, they got him on the outside with these guys. I mean, Coburn had 19 in the second half, and then Plummer had 23 in the first half. Like, what a two-headed monster that that team has. Uh,
0: this tilt tomorrow night, by the way, you'll recall, is a make-good uh, for the game originally scheduled on January 8th, uh, Michigan had to postpone because of COVID protocol. Then a little bit later on, January 29th to be exact, the Spartans beat the uh, Michigan basketball Wolverines and how, 83-67 in East Lansing. I said it at that particular point in time. Maybe you remember, Jane. That was probably state's best all-around contest all year.
1: Save for what they just did against Purdue. Yeah,
0: because well, you know, yeah. that was pretty damn good too. But. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, the Spartans looked good, if I recall, the game, you know, accurately. Michigan did not, but weren't they just coming off COVID? Weren't they yeah. not really conditioned yet? Yeah, the you know, lingering like effects.
0: Uh, Spartans may be a little disappointed that that game was postponed uh, back in early January because at that point they had 1-8 straight. Uh, they would go on to win another to make it 9 straight, and then, you know, things kind of went sideways a little bit. But listen, it doesn't matter— if it's Monopoly, anytime Michigan State and Michigan get together, mm-hmm. it's must-see TV.
1: Yeah, this one should be good, especially with everything the Wolverines have on the line. They need a good win. They need a several good wins. Um, it should be good.
0: Now, and we'll discuss it here because uh, for the remainder of the regular season, here's what Michigan State's looking at. Uh, a busy week for them as well as Michigan. Uh, in Ann Arbor tomorrow night, they will be at Ohio State 7 o'clock on Thursday night. Uh, to face a very difficult uh, Buckeye team. And then they will turn around and host Maryland, a team that knocked off Ohio State yesterday. Uh, That will be on Sunday. Uh, Michigan, meanwhile, they will host Iowa, aside from hosting the Spartans tomorrow night, host Iowa 9 o'clock on Thursday night. Then they are at Ohio State on Sunday afternoon. Um, It's my gut that if, obviously, Michigan wins out, I think they get their ticket punched. Sure. If they don't, do you agree that they would pretty much have to win the Big Ten tournament to get in?
1: Yes. First of all, I don't think they're going to win three games here at the end. It'd be nice. It's always great when we have two teams doing well in March. I don't see that happening. If they can go on a run in the tournament, then sure, I think they're in. But I saw a CBS Sports report that Michigan fell out of the bracket after that latest loss. So now they're right now out.
0: Well, you know what? They still have time, as they say. So we will see again tomorrow night, the Spartans in Ann Arbor to face the uh, Wolverines. 8.30 is the tip. Our pregame here on WJR and across the network will be 7.30. Furthermore, on Saturday, uh, sticking with... Uh, NCAA hoops for 500, please, Alex. Uh, On Saturday, number one, Gonzaga, number two, Arizona, number three, Auburn, number four, Purdue, number five, Kansas, number six, Kentucky, and number nine, Texas Tech, all lost, surpassing the previous record of six top ten teams in the AP poll, losing in one day. Uh, Saturday was also the first time the top six teams in the top 25 poll all lost on the same day.
1: Saturday was nuts. Saturday was crazy. So seven of these top 10 college basketball teams lose. All four of the projected number one seeds for Selection Sunday go down. And this is why college basketball is so fun.
0: Uh, do you call this parody? Yes. Oddly enough, uh, Gonzaga and, do you say Gonzaga or do you say Gonzaga?
1: Aga. Tomato
0: tomato tomato what i
1: say gonzaga i think but then i call them the Zags sometimes so don't see now that's don't where it, to me.
0: it comes off the road a little bit
1: uh, I know the wheels are falling off
0: It's it gonzaga but they're, the, uh, well, did the zags win right uh they are still number one uh arizona still number two so the defeats did not hurt them at all Uh, We've got uh, some women's news to pass along as well. The ladies Big Ten tournament getting underway Wednesday in Indianapolis. Gainbridge Fieldhouse, to be specific. Uh, Purdue and the Spartans will get together. Susie Merchant and the ladies uh, 14 and 14, eighth in Big Ten play. That tilt will be in Indy 1130 in the morning on Thursday. And then number 10, Michigan, they had themselves a year, didn't they? 22-5, third in the Big Ten. They are scheduled to play at 8.30, not until Friday night, their opponent, TBD.
1: What stinks for Michigan is they could have won the Big Ten. They lost to Iowa in their last game, so that means they're third in the Big Ten. But they had this game postponed with Illinois, I believe, just because weather, they couldn't play them. And they never got it rescheduled. If they could have played that game, they could have won the Big Ten, been the number one seed. So,
0: Well, there's got to be an asterisk then, because, you know, if the schedule's not fulfilled.
1: No, and not all teams played all the games. How can this be? Well, because it's still like a weird COVID year.
0: This is absolute madness. <laughs> got to call somebody. Uh, Major League Baseball, it is uh, rather unfortunate uh, what has transpired. Uh, Barring a miracle, uh, today is the deadline. Uh, Opening days across the league will be postponed. And then maybe more games, and then maybe more games, and then maybe more games. Uh, We're going to talk about that. We'll also check in with what the Pistons and Red Wings are up to as we continue with this edition of the WJR Sportsbook. Welcome back to more of the WJR Sportsbook with Steve Courtney and Jamie Edmonds. Once again, here are Steve Courtney and Jamie Edmonds. Welcome back into the WJR Sportsbook. What are the Pistons up to? Well, I happen to have that information right here. Uh, they're going to be at Washington to face the Wizards. That will be 7 o'clock tomorrow night. What a nice win for them, 127-126 in overtime. They beat the Charlotte Hornets yesterday. Sadiq Bey, 28 points, but he did not have the game winner.
1: No, Kelly Olynyk did. We were watching in the sports office, and we cheered. It was exciting. And down the stretch, Cade Uh, Cunningham was very important. Killian Hayes was very important on defense. And then they inbounds it with like one second to go. And Olenek hits a fadeaway jumper. It was fun.
0: It was not an easy shot. And good for him. Good for him making it. Uh, Look, the Pistons, it's been another uh, one of those years. Uh, But they have won three of their last four. And darn it, they're fun to watch. It was
1: fun, and they snapped this ridiculous 15-game losing streak to the Charlotte Hornets, which is also fun.
0: The uh, Red Wings, meanwhile, you know, full disclosure, I was at my uh, buddy's pub uh, for research purposes right, Saturday night, mm-hmm. and we're watching this game, and it's so much mind-boggling.
1: You think the game is it, end of the second period, Maple Leafs up 7-2. Let's focus on our cocktails.
0: Right. Yeah. And we did. (laughs) (laughs) I don't doubt it. But, uh, you know, next thing you know, things are getting a little tight. Mm -hmm. And it's like this thing is just turning into a circus. The Wings would go on to lose to the visiting Maple Laughs 10-7 at LCA. Uh, It was Mitchell Marner with the natural hat trick. But the Red Wings, you know, again, they're a fun team to watch. And they're on point. But, you know, well, it was fun to watch unless you were one of the goalies involved.
1: I think this is a game people are going to remember. I mean, 17 goals in a game is crazy. I know people that were there. Apparently the place was rocking. So it was fun. Wings score... Uh, four goals in five minutes in the third period. That's fun. But of course, you know, Jeff Blaschel's like, we can't get into a 7-2 hole. Like, that's a problem for us.
0: Yeah, you don't want to do that by and large. Right. Um, but can you imagine, uh, I'll have to check to see when the uh, Red Wings are home next. You know, it'll be a one nothing game. Right. You know, you're going to feel Zero ripped offense. off. offense. Uh, and that
1: would be fine because Nedeljkovic allowed six goals. He was pulled. For Thomas Grice, who allowed four goals, and Nedeljkovic goes back in.
0: That doesn't happen all that often no. in the league. But what are you going to do? No. You know, is uh, all hands on deck at that particular point in time. <laughs> uh, the Red Wings overall have lost two in a row, and the wild card scenario uh, starting to slip away a little bit. Uh, Boston holds the top spot right now. Uh, they took over for Washington. Boston now with 66 points. Number two would be the aforementioned Capitals. Uh, they've got 65 points. Then you've got Columbus, who has moved into the third position at uh, with 55 points, and the Red Wings. Uh, they have 52. So look, uh, still a lot of time left in Anything the regular season. Anything still. can happen. You got to stick to the fight here. Uh, but as we've been saying. Uh, For the Red Wings to get into the postseason via the wild card, points are at a premium. You can't give any away.
1: Yeah, but hockey's streaky. Any little thing can light a fire under a team. This could be it. Say this is it with the Maple Leafs and they string together lots of wins. They could get in.
0: A challenge for the winged wheelers coming up. They uh, will be visited by the Carolina Hurricanes, 730 tomorrow night. What are the Hurricanes up to? Well, uh, they are the number one team in the Eastern Conference.
1: Okay, so maybe not this game. (laughs) But maybe. (laughs) You know what?
0: Got him at home, whatever the case may be. Uh, We know you can score goals for crying out loud. Just uh, keep it going from Saturday night.
1: That actually is something they could take with them. If you're down again, know that you can get back in games.
0: Well, yeah, but you want to shut the door, you know. Let's try and uh, keep uh, the goals against to a minimum for crying out loud. (laughs) That was just nuts. Uh, Let's talk a little golf, shall we? We're knocking on March's door. And the tough thing as a golfer, as golfers, Mm. watching golf this time of year is it's all fine and good, but you really want to play.
1: Right. And you're still looking outside at gray and snow.
0: (laughs) Uh, We are still probably uh, maybe a month, month and a half away from. You uh,
1: play in April? Oh, yeah.
0: Okay. I'd rather play in 55 than 90, but that's just me.
1: I don't like to be cold, so I might push it to May.
0: Where's your park at tonight night for crying out loud? Right here. There you go. You're right. not
1: wearing shorts today, which is wild.
0: No, because I had a stop to make. Okay. Because I don't want people to think I'm an idiot. Just your work people. <laughs> yeah. Who cares? What, <laughs> hey, Blake, do you think I'm an idiot? Because I wear shorts all no the time. No comment. All right. <laughs> Some things are better left unsaid. Uh, the Honda Classic. Beautiful track, PGA National Resort and Spa, Palm Beach Gardens, FLA. You know, Daniel Berger goes into yesterday's final round up five shots. It went away, and it went away very quickly. As a matter of fact, Sepp Straka, the first Austrian-born player to win a PGA Tour event, also went to Georgia. Uh, He wins the darn thing. Ten under par first PGA tournament win.
1: What was fun about this tournament, which was on Local 4, so I watched the whole thing before we went on air, is that it all came down to the 18th hole while the rain started. Pouring. (laughs) Yeah, like not little, you know, sprinkles. It was a lot.
0: I was rooting, to be honest with you, uh, for the Irish lad, Shane Lowry. Loved the dude. You know, you don't know if he's up by five, down by four, whatever the case may be. He has a wonderful demeanor out there on the course. He finishes second. Uh, at nine under, the best he could do on the uh, par five 18th was par. Uh, Daniel Berger, uh, again with the five shot lead going in, he actually finishes fourth at minus seven. Felt bad for the guy.
1: He had a rough round, but Lowry was in the lead going to the 18th. Straka was in a group in front of him, and Straka birdied the hole. So then Lowry knew what he had to do, and he couldn't deliver.
0: You know, if you've ever attended the University of Georgia, things are kind of going. Very well.
1: They've been talking on the broadcast. They were talking about these Georgia Bulldogs just dominating.
0: I mean, Georgia's got a hell of a golf program, but uh, they win the uh, college football championship. Their former quarterback, number nine, Matthew Stafford, wins the Super Bowl. Uh, Then you've got the former Bulldog, Seth Straka, uh, cashing in on the PGA Tour. Yeah. Now, what about Phil Mickelson?
1: All right, let's go.
0: Come He's on, been known
1: to sort of be a hothead and say things off the cuff he shouldn't. We knew that going in.
0: Well, you know what? Uh, what he said, well, controversial comments about the PGA Tour and organizers of the Saudi Arabia-backed Breakaway League just continue to haunt him. The six-time major champion will no longer serve as the host of the American Express event in California, uh, Callaway who he's been with uh, for a while. Callaway Golf has paused their relationship. Workday, KPMG, he'd been with forever. Amstel Light all sever ties.
1: So I was on the outskirts of this, and I just looked at what he actually said. Not great. Why would you say that publicly?
0: Well, you know, you know we're in this business, and I've been doing this for a while. And the number one rule, and you know this, Jamie, once it leaves your mouth, you can't get it back.
1: Well, he knew he was talking to a reporter as oh, well. Course. It wasn't just off the cuff, you know, on Instagram or something. He was talking to a reporter.
0: No, and it seemed like he had such a vendetta against the PGA Tour. By the way, a group that has done very well by him.
1: Right, that has employed him for years and years and made him a millionaire.
0: A gazillionaire. And to come out and wax poetic about Saudi Arabia and their humanitarian rights and, you know, how you can use this to leverage the PGA Tour. It was absolutely wrong.
1: Paraphrasing him, he said, look, I know they've done a lot of bad things, X, Y, and Z, but this will help, you know, get us some leverage over PGA. It's like saying all those things don't matter.
0: And then, you know, and we've seen quite a bit of it uh, of late, where people will say something, and for the life of me, I don't understand why you don't understand that it's wrong before it ever leaves your mouth. Right. And, and then, then you
1: apologize later makes me think you don't. You're not really sorry.
0: Right. And then they make the apology. And it's like, well, you know, uh, it didn't come out right. Uh, people misinterpreted what I was trying. No, we didn't miss misinter- because you said this. Right
1: and now he's saying well i he printed that quote without my permission blah 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 but the reporter's standing by standing by it saying no
0: you know here in 2022 you know i go about my everyday life like i'm being filmed
1: <laughs> you probably are with cameras everywhere
0: everywhere yeah you know if you're under the impression that you know in the midst of anything like you know if i'm at kroger Am I ever tempted to have a grape? Yes, I am.
1: (laughs) If I'm buying the grapes and they're in my cart, I'll have one. Is that okay?
0: (laughs) It's being filmed. (laughs) We'll We'll find out.
1: All right. Well, I did buy them. I actually was at Nino's. I bought them Nino's.
0: You know, we're going to see the headline one day. Local 4's Jamie Edmonds a Grape Stealer. (laughs) With the video.
1: I get what you're saying, though. You're, like, always just aware that you're not in your home by yourself.
0: You know, and it doesn't really matter uh, if you're in this business. I think the golden rule in society right now, the temperature in the room is pretty high. Mm -hmm. You've got to watch what you say, or at the very least, say it the way you mean it. Mm -hmm. So if there is fallback, you can say, you can own it. Right. Sometimes I would rather have people in Phil Nicholson's situation, just own it and say, look, I said it. I apologize. I was wrong. You know, I want the best for every player on the PGA Tour. And what I said was out of line.
1: And maybe I went about it the wrong way. Yeah, I would like that better than, oh, I didn't say that. He didn't have my permission. You know that.
0: Well, you know, but still it's on you, dude. Yeah. You know, you're talking to somebody who has a recorder, who's got a pen and paper, who is clearly writing down or recording everything you're saying. What do you think he's going to do with this?
1: What also stinks is I feel like his stock was so high after the COVID times when he did those Capital One challenges and he's all mic'd up. He seems so funny with Shaq and whomever golfing. And and now this.
0: Well, you know, and, and Phil is beloved. There's no doubt about it. Um, you know, everywhere he goes on tour, uh, he, the gallery just follows him and they love him. Um, that being said, though, uh, I was kind of surprised, I guess, how quickly some of the tour players came out and basically gave him what for.
1: Yeah, they went the opposite direction and quick. Big he, names, too.
0: Rory McIlroy, Billy Horschel. Uh, That guy seems like a no-nonsense guy anyway. Right. Um, Justin Thomas says, look, dude, if this is the way you feel about it, then go.
1: Just go. I think there was smoke with DeChambeau, but then he backed off. That's what I think. You know how everyone was saying he was going to go and be the face of it?
0: Well, I don't know what's going on with Bryson DeChambeau. As a matter of fact, funny you mention him, Jamie, because uh, up next on the tour... Uh, will be the Arnold Palmer Invitational there in FLA. And he is the defending champ, and he is not playing because of a lingering hand injury.
1: Right, he's injured.
0: So, you know, there's a guy um, that uh, was on top of the world for a little bit, and then the brouhaha with Brooks Koepka comes into play. And, you know, say what you will about that, you know, Did it go too far or was it kind of stupid and childish and, you know, whatever?
1: Yeah, yeah, probably. Um, Was it kind of funny? Yeah.
0: Yeah. But you know what? Again, evidence, if you go for the bull, you're going to get the horns.
1: Were you at the Rocket Mortgage Classic Media Day?
0: I was not, no.
1: Okay. Well, they picked me to do a shot in front of everybody with um, Bryson. Yeah. He was lovely. Now I'm Team Bryson. I like him. He was so nice. You
0: told me that, that, you know, he was just a a, a gentleman and very polite and uh, everything else. And, you know, listen, love the game and to be at their level and perform week in, week out, month in, month out, year in, year out is very hard. Mm -hmm. You know, Phil Mickelson, he's an example of that. He has had a lot of success in this great game of golf and to see it come to where it is right now, to me is sad. Yeah. And it was so avoidable. Unnecessary. Yeah. So avoidable. I
1: was Googling on my phone because I thought, was there a brouhaha with Phil Mickelson here in Detroit? And there was. That whole thing, he didn't like the article that came out about him that was true. Right. I I didn't like how he handled that either.
0: Well, then everybody rallies around and say, hey, look, Phil's doing the city of Detroit a favor and the Rocket Mortgage Classic and we want to have him here because he's a big name and blah, 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 blah. Uh, But That's why I don't really pass judgment until, you know, everything kind of sorts itself out. Mm -hmm. Let the dust settle a little bit. Uh, Did I appreciate Phil participating in that tournament? Of course I did. Sure. You know, he's a great name. Um, But to make the stink like he did. I didn't like that. I don't know.
1: The PGA Tour will be fine (laughs) if Phil plays or not.
0: The PGA Tour, uh, you know, and if you're uh, the powers that be uh, in that league, if you will. I think you've got to be very optimistic about the uh, the support from the players as it relates to this up-and-coming rival league. Right. That was supposed to split
1: everybody up.
0: Right. Doesn't seem like that's going to happen. Doesn't look like it's going to happen at all. All right. Major League Baseball, what's the deal? We'll talk about that as we continue with the WJR Sportsbook. Welcome back to more of the WJR Sportsbook with Steve Courtney and Jamie Edmonds. Once again, here are Steve Courtney and Jamie Edmonds. All right, so it was last December, folks. You'll recall that another labor dispute in Major League Baseball reared its ugly head when the owners locked out the players at that time. And furthermore, uh, barring any uh, 11th-hour agreement today slash tonight, Uh, on a new labor deal that ends its lockout of the MLB Players Association. The league has said it will cancel opening day games. Uh, You know, again, uh, to get into the financial specifics is very, very complicated. Uh, I do know this. Player pay has decreased for four consecutive years. Even as industry revenues grew and franchise values soared, and the would-be stewards of the game pleaded to anyone who would listen that owning a baseball team isn't a particularly profitable venture. That from ESPN.
1: Right. That was silly, how the owners are trying to say they're poor or something.
0: You know, uh, what this is is horrible because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm more convinced now than ever uh, that baseball in particular – Despite what they say about loving their fan base, they don't give a damn.
1: I think that is absolutely true. Because if you cared, you would try and make some kind of deal and make this season work. But it doesn't seem like they care if the season starts on time or if they get 162 games in.
0: Well, the owners um, knew uh, that the apocalypse was getting here. And that time is now.
1: And they also forced this. They wanted negotiations to open. They said that in the beginning. And then to start it off, they spent 43 days before they even, like, came to the table.
0: Right. Right. And this is something, what, all of a sudden, you know that the deadline is coming up, you lock them out in December, and then nothing after that. Right. It seems to me that the owners are very content to ride this out.
1: It seems like that. How long? Don't know. Right. I read this, that MLB players receive 40% of all revenues, NFL, NHL, NBA, 50% plus. So of the four right. major leagues, they get the least.
0: Well, and then, uh, you know, Major League Baseball owners would say, well, you know, the NFL schedule's only 16 games, you know, and then you bring playoffs into it, well, we get it and everything. But, um, you know, I understand a real hot button in these negotiations, which, by the way, seven straight days. Seven straight days for something that is rather important to your game. Right. That it continues and you are no closer to a resolution than you were back in December. That to me is pathetic.
1: I know. Who who do they have as you know, their negotiators?
0: You know what? You give me a case of beer and a couple of pizzas. I'll go you in and I'll done. hash that out. And <laughs> a heartbeat. Um,
1: things that, I again, this is super, super complicated, but some things that I read are the players have made uh, some, you know, offers to them that would bring money into the league. Yeah, sure. We'll expand the playoffs. That brings money in. We'll, you know, we'll put uh, logos on our jerseys. That brings money in. So the owners are going to get more money.
0: Right. Well, you know, w- what has crept its way into this is gambling revenue. Mm. Now, how is it measured? How is it allocated? You know, I think Major League Baseball owners, and this is where it's rather strange. You know, I don't think I've ever been, Jamie, to a Major League game to see an owner.
1: No, no one even knows their names. You go for the stars.
0: You know what? Uh, You know, nobody goes to a Major League Baseball game to hopefully get a glimpse of the owners in their suite. (laughs) You know, you go to watch players play the game. It's been that way for decades.
1: And this is sort of like a classic union players banding together. The average MLB salary last year was 4.17 million, but they're not banding together for that guy or Miggy, who makes you know a million, right? Or whatever. They're banding together for these minor leaguers who have to spend six years exactly. for these guys who make no money. And I started my career in Lansing where they had the single A team there, Lansing Lugnuts. Those guys had like a daily allowance of 25 bucks and they had lawn furniture in their apartments. Like,
0: yeah. And that's what it's all about here, because the pay scale for minor leaguers is obscene. Uh, what they're expected to live on while perfecting their craft to eventually fulfill their dream of making it to the bigs uh, is horrendous. And, you know, you've got this revenue sharing thing, which many teams take advantage of. And that, from what I understand, is one of the hot buttons here.
1: Yeah. Yes.
0: In these negotiations.
1: And the luxury tax. You know, I need an expert to explain that to me, but the luxury tax is a sticking point. Um what was that? what was else? The um the postseason expansion, the players say let's do twelve, but the owners want fourteen. I mean, come on.
0: Well, you know, at least at least the designated hitter appears to be going universal whenever this season starts.
1: Awesome. So like that one little thing is agreed upon. Cool.
0: Hey, are we all right with that? <laughs> Designated hitter, National League. Okay.
1: Side note: I actually like when they make pitchers hit, but I'm not gonna put fire on this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Listen, oh no! We were just listening to a Detroit sports talk show, and Jamie Edmonds said she doesn't approve of it.
1: Yeah, they're gonna call me now.
0: Uh, I don't know. I, I, I back in December when the lockout first began, I was a pessimist, and usually, you know me, I'm a cup is half full guy. <laughs> yeah. But this, and here's the thing, Uh, A.J. Hinch, I thought he did a hell of a job with the Tigers, 77 wins.
1: The Tigers were on the up, and now we have to wait.
0: And you're looking forward to uh, a fun year of baseball with the additions and the roster changes and everything at, at, at Comerica Park. And let me just add this, if I may. You know what a lot of people don't take into consideration with this lockout. There are a lot of good, hardworking people yes. that make their money.
1: The workers yes. in the stadiums yes. are going to lose out.
0: And uh, But do the owners care about that? No. And, by the way, you got fans back in the ball yards last year. Place was rocking. You remember during the COVID season of no fans in the ballpark, Take a look at your ballparks right now. Take a look at your ballparks, what they're going to look like as this lockout continues. Do you like that? I read
1: that the owners don't care because in these early months, people aren't there anyway.
0: I don't know. Well, you know what? I guess that's what makes them billionaires. They calculate this sort of thing. Mm. Maybe that's the difference between them and me looking for 35 cents in my sofa cushions. (laughs) Me never
1: know. having cash and having a Venmo.
0: Right. <laughs> Whatever the case may be. Yeah. You know, I I, I I guess to a degree, I wish I had their issues. But then again, I'm glad I don't. No. All right, folks, don't go away. It looks as though uh, the great city of Detroit in line to host the 2024 National Football League Draft. We'll talk about that as time begins to run out on this edition of the WJR Sportsbook. Welcome back to more of the WJR Sportsbook with Steve Courtney and Jamie Edmonds. Once again, here are Steve Courtney and Jamie Edmonds. Lord, if I may, uh, just some closing thoughts on this whole Major League Baseball thing. You know, I think the hope would be uh, in this 11th hour. uh, Why isn't there just a handful of owners saying, "What, what are we doing here? Is this in our best interest? Is this in the best interest of the game? You know, you're talking about baseball's Hall of Fame. So much credence is given to the for for the good of the game. Right. This guy can't get in for the good of the game.
1: The purists who say X, Y, or Z. And now it's just better for the game not to be happening at all.
0: Right. And where are the owners that are, should be standing up in these meetings saying, look, let's reassess this and get to a resolution as soon as we can. And back to revenue sharing very quickly. The problem with you're it You're fired up. You know, well, there are teams that are taking advantage of the revenue-sharing program that are putting absolutely nothing back into their ball club. They're pocketing the cash.
1: Right. P- Pittsburgh Pirates. Hello.
0: I wasn't going to name anything because I know that's your hometown <gasps> team.
1: <laughs> no. It's, you know, they, they never reinvest in the team and get good players to try and win. Plus, it's really hard for a mid-market to, to compete the way things are right now.
0: Well, and it's really sad because uh, the Pirates have a hell of a history. The We Are Family days. I was there as a kid. Yeah,
1: Before my time, but I know what you're talking about.
0: As a former catcher, I was Manny Sanguian. (laughs) All right. uh, In the time we have left, and this is kind of huge because uh, Rod Wood, Lions president, um, Sheila Fordham, owner, uh, they have been trying to position themselves as an organization to lure the NFL draft to our great city of Detroit. Uh, Well, as it turns out, The Packers, the Lions here in Detroit, and the Washington—what are they now? The Commanders? Commanders. Uh, Green Bay, Detroit, Washington are finalists to host the 2024 NFL Draft.
1: I think it would be fantastic. Do we have a shot?
0: I think we do, uh, based on the relationship that uh, Sheila Ford-Hemp and certainly her mother and father have with the National Football League— Um, they do carry uh, some persuasion, I think. Uh, But that aside, I've said for the longest time uh, back in the day that we have some amazing amenities here in our area that I think would serve as a great backstage to the NFL draft. And
1: the things and everything that's opened up in the past couple years, including hotel rooms, you know, I read an article where it could be at the Fox Theater. But how many venues are all around the Fox Theater, walkable, it would be fun.
0: Well, and depending, on the X factor, as always, is the weather. Like if Green Bay is a finalist, it's late April. You still might be getting a couple of inches of snow.
1: I think we are ahead of Green Bay in the amenity section, weather section. I don't know about Washington, D.C., though.
0: <sighs> you know, I don't know either about, uh, where would they have it? Technically, uh, they're in Landover, Maryland, are they not? I mean, I don't think they're right there in our nation's capital. So where exactly is this thing going to be? I don't Front know. lawn of they're the wrong. White House. Front uh, lawn of the White House. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. So I think Detroit uh, uh, would be a uh, fine selection for everything. And you know what? Late April here? Beautiful.
1: Think about what a success the Super Bowl was and the stuff that wasn't open then, 2006. Look at how far Detroit has come. I think it would be so fantastic.
0: Well, you remember, and that's a great point, Jane. Uh, you know, when the Super Bowl came here, there was a lot of out-of-town media folks there saying, oh, my God, <laughs> i got to go to Detroit for a Super Bowl. And they left here very impressed.
1: Yes, with an eye toward the future. And now the future's here. Well, there great restaurants. There are great venues.
0: Love to have it. So uh, cross your fingers, folks. I think it would be a really, really good deal. NFL Combine begins tomorrow. Going to be tuned in? No. (laughs) Appreciate your honesty,
1: Blake. Here or there? No,
0: I'm not watching.
1: Come on, do you watch it all?
0: (laughs) I do. No, I don't watch it all. I watch the forty. I'll 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 watch a little bit. Our time is already come and gone. How about that, Jamie? Thank you, Uh, Blake. Thank Thank you very much. Looking forward to next week here on WJR.